This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. I have spent about the last three minutes wondering what fuck my sideways means. Fuck my sideways. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Wednesday. Another day where we're just going to plow through fucking horrid news about how the country is collapsing. Our government isn't responding to multiple existential crises. Officials in Alabama are going to take steps to try to curb the transmission of COVID-19. Their plan? Prayer. I'm not lying to you. Prayer. We're going to look at how Christians used to love masks back when they could bash gays with them. A teacher in Tennessee has been fired, the first teacher that we know of, after the state passed a ban on teaching critical race theory. We're going to talk about that. The White House has said they will take steps to mitigate the executive orders by governors in states such as Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. Last week we found out that Rand Paul's wife purchased stock in a company that makes a COVID drug. Now we find out that one of Ron DeSantis' top donors also invested in a company that makes COVID drugs. Mike Pompeo is going to let us know who he thinks is to blame for the quagmire we're currently facing right now in Afghanistan. Spoiler alert, it was him. He was the one that negotiated the deal with the Taliban. Mike Pompeo. (laughs) China mocked the U.S.'s withdrawal from Afghanistan. In hilarious fashion, they're right. Wild video of the Taliban riding bumper cars. (laughs) Meanwhile, they are saying they are being censored by big tech. The right wing in the U.S. is coming to their defense. That's not the only defense of the Taliban by idiots here in the U.S., Apparently, a lot of them are just finding out that the Taliban actually has a lot of views they agree with. We got footage from a couple of different Board of Education meetings, uh, county supervisor meetings that just went off the rails. Plus, we're going to talk about life in the workplace post-pandemic. Post-pandemic, as if we're through it. Look at the changing workplace after the pandemic. Plus, we're going to talk about the Nabisco strike. And we are going to talk about the New York Times tech staff that is uh, organizing their own union. And apparently, uh, we have a hilarious anecdote coming from the New York Times. I've already went over this. It was the Reagan administration. You want to talk about a career politician suffering from dementia? It was the Reagan, the Reagan administration 
that created, trained, armed, and funded the Taliban. Yes, not everything is blue versus le- or blue versus red or left versus right. I'm telling you the fucking facts, you dumb fuck. I don't what the hell? The Reagan administration created, funded, armed and backed the Taliban because they were scared of a left-wing movement in Afghanistan. So the right-wing government, the Reagan administration, which has a habit of funding terrorists, they did it in South America, they did it in Afghanistan, they did it in Iran. They started the Taliban. Bush was the one that invaded Afghanistan 20 fucking years ago. What happened in Afghanistan was going to happen no matter who did it. So I give Biden props for actually taking the hit, the PR, and doing what needed to be done. Because what happened was going to happen whether we did it 10 years ago, whether we did it 10 years from now. But idiot-ass right-wingers can't recognize that. But hey, 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 we're going to listen to Mike Pompeo. He's going to be the one that shifts the blame, even though he was the one that negotiated with the Taliban for the withdrawal of our troops. Literally, he's the one that negotiated it. The dude that runs the Taliban right now was a prisoner up until Pompeo and Trump negotiated his release. But right-wingers want to come in here and say the dumbest fucking shit. Holy fuck, as if I'm some sort of partisan. As if I am constantly defending the Democratic Party. Holy fuck, how dumb do you have to be? Stupid fucking people. I'm I'm kind of in a mood today. I wish somebody would call and argue with me about something that isn't the Taliban or COVID. Reich wingers are indeed fucking morons. Now the meme I have up right now of Bernie Sanders, I am once again asking you to get vaccinated and wear a mask. Bernie actually tweeted this out, shared this out on his social media within the last few hours. So props to you, Bernie. I'm not I'm not up on the Pakistani Taliban. Are they any different? It's the same organization, isn't it? We didn't actually. We didn't even find uh, Bin Laden in Afghanistan. It was in a remote region of Pakistan. But starting off today, U.S. coronavirus deaths soared past one thousand in a single day. I, like, I've, I've mentioned it, guys. I think I'm suffering from a bout of depression. It's, I'm finding it hard to get out of bed. <laughs> it's just this. This dread. Just, just everything around me going to shit and and having to deal with idiots coming in here and saying just the dumbest fuck. The dude last night that came in uh, when I was talking about Twitter being a private company and he's like, no, they're a publicly traded company. 
fuck? They don't even know what they're talking about to have a conversation with me. I wish stupid people would just shut the fuck up. The United States reported more than 1,000 coronavirus deaths in a single day. On Tuesday, 1,017 deaths were recorded from the coronavirus in the U.S., or roughly 42 deaths per hour, according to a report from Reuters. I'm not, I'm not fucking high enough for this. From Reuters, coronavirus tally. Tally marks the highest single-day death rate since April. Coronavirus cases in the U.S. are on the rise amid the spread of variants such as the Delta variant. And guys, it's coming. We're going to have the Alabama fucking variant coming here soon. The Missouri variant. The Louisiana variant. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I did take a break. I I actually took Sunday and Monday off. I, like, it seems like I care more about fucking kids than the people that are responsible for actually caring for children. And that's wild to me. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, about 51% of the U.S. population is fully vaccinated. Thankfully, that's still a very low rate. A pure American variant! (laughs) That's exactly right! It's only a matter of time. It is only a matter of time until we identify variants that originated right here in the South. Doctors say that the Delta variant is different. Oh, what do I need to reword? (laughs) I, I missed what I said. Local doctors say COVID-19... Was it the kids thing? Because fuck your kids. I hate kids. No, no, no. Don't actually fuck kids. That would be bad. Figuratively, fuck your kids, though. I don't like them. Local doctors say COVID-19's Delta variant affects children differently. As kids get back into the swing of school, doctors now urging... This is a report from Channel 9 in Oklahoma, by the way. ...place to get their kids vaccinated if they are old enough or send them to school wearing a mask. This is hospitals are now seeing an uptick in kids being admitted with COVID-19. Newsnet's Erica Rankin has what families need to know. Any given day, we have at least a couple of patients that are admitted to our intensive care unit because they are needing intensive support from COVID. We've had 13-year-olds who are critical. And one of the things that I saw was like hospitals, their overflow, they were able to convert their pediatric units through the first couple waves of coronavirus so that they would be able to use them for overflow coronavirus patients. Now they don't have that luxury because it's the pediatric units that are filling up. Holy fuck! ill in the last week in our emergency room. Local doctors sounding the alarm as the Delta variant rages through the state, affecting kids as babies to teenagers end up in hospital beds. You're definitely having more admissions to the hospital than we were certainly in even March, February time period, um, but a lot more. Adam, good evening. June when our numbers were overall lower. Good job on your song. Did you send that to producer Dave? I'm sure he got a got a kick out of that 
Dr. Stephanie DeLeon with Oklahoma Children's Hospital says with the Delta variant, symptoms in kids present more vague than before. It may also look like allergies with just a little bit of a runny nose or congestion. It may look like a sore throat. Not every child's going to run a fever. Her concern is back to school with kids under the age of 12 not able to get vaccinated, coupled with a low vaccination rate in those ages 12 to 17, with only one in five having the shot. We are expecting that we're going to see more Sniff Adam's paw over the next two to three weeks. So she's asking for families to. Huh, help. Jenkins, that's weird. Uh, Adam seemed to respond to me like illnesses, making it a struggle. Right away. Beds open 24 hours a day. Well, overall, the chances. Of- I've, I've noticed that about producer Dave. Sometimes he will be so drunk he doesn't remember. Like he and I watched a video one night. This is very very late at night. I hopped on like. Right towards the end. He did not remember watching that video with me. Not at all. Yeah, I... Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, Florida, like, they're they're killing me right now. They're not killing me literally. They're killing their citizens literally. Fuck of your child needing to be hospitalized are low, um, especially compared to adults. It's still really important to try to protect our kids the best way that we can. And that means going to school in masks and vaccinating those who are old enough to be vaccinated. At this point in time, I don't know why we're sending them to school. We did the story about New Zealand last night. 26 deaths in New Zealand. The, the other, the flip side of that is not only did they keep deaths low, They've been living normal lives. They shut down for a couple of weeks and then they open back up and everything is normal. It is better to do it that way. You save lives, you save businesses, you save your economy. But no, we can't do the right thing here in the U.S. Meanwhile, officials in Alabama are saying that there are no beds available do not come to the ER. There are no beds available. People receiving intensive care is greater than the number of designated ICU beds statewide. And joining us now is Dr. Scott Harris. He's a state health officer for the Alabama Department of Public Health. Doctor, zero ICU beds for the state? Has it ever been this bad? No, this, this is the most ICU beds we've ever had occupied. Because hospitals can expand within their own four walls and add some, some alternative spaces, we actually got to a negative number, which is, which is remarkable. We have more critically ill patients than we actually have beds that we would ordinarily have to put them in. Wow. So what does that mean then for people who are part of that overflow, who need an ICU bed and have nowhere to go? What happens to them? Yeah, so, so it, it is somewhat regionalized right now um, that we have some parts of the state that have a little bit of... They don't have any slack in my part of the state. Now, he's in the southern part. I'm in the northern part. The hospital here in my county has moved their waiting room into the parking garage. That was a chilling picture I saw just a little bit ago. Moved their waiting room into the parking garage. We are under a limited emergency order right now. What that emergency order did does nothing to protect the population, does nothing to reinstate mask mandates. What it does is allow hospitals to bring people who aren't licensed by the state in. 
it, it allows hospitals to be able to break rules that are usually in place because of emergency circumstances. I am terrified that my friends are going to, to get it, that I'm going to lose friends through this. I'm ter- I haven't caught it. It's, I've had several people that I've hooked up with that have been like, have you had the COVID? Like, no. Like, I have. It was horrible. Yes, I saw that you actually had a issue where you need to go to the emergency room for something besides COVID and saw it firsthand. Oh my God. I hope you're feeling better, by the way. I haven't been able to talk to you on online because once again, I'm banned on Facebook as usual. It was worth it this time. It was worth it. I did. I did, however, uh, I mentioned it last night. The Attorney General of my state asked for people to submit uh, emails. Hold on. Uh, I did indeed submit my email. Let me make sure that I have my information out of this. You guys know I'm not lying here. We're going to talk about social media censorship when we get to the Taliban. (laughs) It was my email response to Attorney General Marshall who wanted to hear from people who have been banned on social media. I made it... Okay, like, I am permanently banned on Twitter due to my political views. I didn't say what my political views are. I had my personal Facebook permanently suspended. I have a strike and a warning against my YouTube channel for medical misinformation. Now, I think that makes me sound like a right-winger. I was banned on Twitter due to my political views, and I have a strike against me on YouTube because of medical misinformation. Makes me sound like a right-winger, doesn't it? Oh, God, Tones! So let's see if Attorney General Marshall hits me up and lets me tell my story. Because it's going to run counterintuitive to his narrative. You know I'm a poser for the left. You, I am such a poser. The capacity is just that the overall total for the state of the whole uh, is that negative 11 beds, which is what we saw yesterday. Um, our, our biggest hospitals have some beds set aside for, for things that can't wait, like organ transplants, when there's a donor, for example. So there, there is a little bit of emergency capacity left. But, you know, for the average person, if you have a heart attack today or you're involved in a, an automobile accident, uh, it, it's really uh, causing our hospitals to be very creative in trying to figure out how to get you the care that you need. If I'm you, I'm having a panic attack right now, thinking, like, what are we going to do? This has got to be shocking to you. What's going on? I'm having a panic attack right now. Well, this is the scenario that we've all been dreading. You know, we actually had a a slightly higher number of total inpatients in Alabama. This is the scenario that we have seen coming, and the state has taken no, no steps to try to mitigate. Alabama back in January, which was the worst time that we had seen so far in the pandemic. But but really, the... This, this is the worst time we've seen in the pandemic. 
this is the highest we've seen. That, you know, this is the whole reason for doing all the things we've done. We've tried to preserve the capacity of our healthcare system. And right now, it, it's just straining. We, we really aren't going to be able to take much more here. So you did see this coming? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think all along it was sort of our worst fear. And, and even if you go back to, you know, 16 or 17 months ago, you know, we understood that we could be swamped like this. Uh, and unfortunately, that day's now. What are you hearing from doctors and nurses, those on the front lines right now? Are they overwhelmed? What we're hearing from the governor is that Alabama is open for business. Alabama is open. We are not shutting down again. Alabama is open for business. And, and they've been overwhelmed now, you know, for over a year. Uh, I mean, this is just, you know, adding insult to injury almost. They're having to pick up uh, the, the, what they've been doing all along. You know, around 88 or 89 percent of the, the people who uh, are in our hospitals right now are not vaccinated people. And, and that makes us feel like so much of this is preventable. It's really unfortunate to see so many people hospitalized when the odds of reducing your the odds of the vaccine reducing your chance of hospitalization are, 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 are terrific. And if we could only increase the number of people being vaccinated, I don't think we'd be seeing this issue. And we're still seeing the number of cases and hospitalizations surging there. And we know that Alabama's uh, one of the states with the least vaccinations right now. When do you think this will let up? <laughs> I don't know. You know, we, we, we have seen a, an uptick over the past couple of weeks in people getting vaccinated. I, I think when they have a personal experience and know someone, that motivates them. Uh, on the other hand, with the mRNA vaccines, it's going to take them three to four weeks to get both shots. There's a couple of weeks after that until they have full immunity. So the people getting vaccinated today aren't really going to benefit the state as a whole, you know, for another five to six weeks. And, and so that's problematic. And there's some worry that we're not even going to be able to hit herd immunity. Two or three weeks, uh, but I, I certainly am not confident in that. What do you need from your governor and from other leaders right now? Our, our governor has been, been extraordinarily supportive of, of trying to get people vaccinated. <laughs> she, she understands exactly what's going on and has been a, a champion for public health. Governor Mimo. We need people to get out behind vaccinations, which are our number one way to prevent this. We're also implementing uh, monoclonal antibody infusion centers for those folks who aren't yet hospitalized. Hopefully that will keep them out of the hospital. But, but we just need... Now we're going to talk about these monoclonal... Uh, antibody treatments. Apparently, that's that's the new thing on the right. They're all fucking going nuts over. It's like, oh, oh, this fucking treatment. This is what stops it. I have a feeling that we it has a lot to do with uh, money being invested uh, being invested by these politicians. DeSantis's top donor invests in COVID drug. Governor promotes. Watch this local news report from Fox 13 in Tampa. Promoting Regeneron, a treatment proven to help patients in the early stages of COVID-19. And today he made stops in Pembroke Pines in West Palm, where he's expanding the program in more cities across Florida. But critics say the governor is focusing entirely too much on this treatment and not enough on vaccines. And that's why an Associated Press investigation has been uh, making some waves. Here to explain is our political editor, Craig Patrick. So what exactly did this AP story say? Tell us about it, Craig. Well, the AP report tied one of the governor's top donors to millions of dollars of investments in Regeneron. But let's start by putting that in context. The best way to protect against COVID-19 and prevent serious illness if you do catch it is to get vaccinated, which the government has already paid for, so it's free to get. 
And one of the best things you can do if you do get infected and feel symptoms is to get monoclonal antibody treatments, which the government has already paid for, so it's also free to get. We, in fact, stop the virus from attaching to your cells, therefore they can't reproduce, and you keep the load very low. And that keeps people from crashing and, in some cases, likely from dying. Within 72 hours, I was 100% symptom-free. There is now controversy over how the governor is promoting this, but it has nothing to do with the effectiveness of the treatments. Again, doctors and scientists agree vaccines and antibody treatments work. The governor is taking criticism for focusing on promoting the antibody treatments and saying comparatively little about promoting vaccines in recent months. For example, on Twitter, he's repeatedly promoted monoclonal antibody treatments and often singling out one specific maker, Regeneron, but he doesn't appear to have tweeted any promotion of vaccines since April 12th. At the same time, the governor spent Wednesday and much of the past week traveling the state to specifically promote the antibody treatments. Monoclonal, mm. monoclonal antibodies. Monoclonal antibodies. And specifically promote the treatments produced by Regeneron. Regeneron. Regeneron and others. Regeneron and others. During these same appearances, he's also mentioned vaccines, but often in terms of their limits. Some of them, particularly Pfizer, started to wane. Efficacy has not been quite what the clinical trials show. Not pr uh, protecting against transmission to the extent well, he's a liar. A lot of criticism and questions on social media as to why the governor appears to be promoting Regeneron much more than vaccines. And the governor has effectively answered that by saying he's doing it to give Regeneron more publicity. Once more people know about it, there's going to be an even bigger demand. That's the context of this investigation. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. He revealed one of Santa's top donors also runs a hedge fund that invests in Regeneron. The report states the hedge fund has 15.9 million in shares of Regeneron, while the hedge fund CEO has donated $10.75 million to a political committee that supports DeSantis going back to 2018. The governor's spokeswoman then escalated controversy by responding to that report on social media with the comment, drag them. The AP journalist tweeted he received death threats and hate messages. The spokeswoman deleted her post, then stated nobody should be making death threats and that journalists shouldn't write stories to discourage COVID patients from getting life-saving Regeneron. Nobody is writing a story that is discouraging patients. Holy fuck. And in another point of response from the governor's office, the governor spokeswoman also stated that the hedge fund in question invests more in Pfizer and Moderna than it did in Regeneron. With that... Oh, 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 but I, I wonder what the return on investment is for Regeneron versus Pfizer and Moderna. Behind it. With that, the governor has also said he's focusing specifically on Regeneron based on research that he has seen that indicates it is more successful against the Delta variant. As if this motherfucker is sitting there reading research papers. So, what about to people saying that he is not bullshit to promote the vaccines? Did he respond to that? He did, and in two different ways. He started by again defending grifters, indeed, to key into promoting Regeneron. Here's how he did it today. The state of Florida isn't paying for this. The patients aren't paying for this. This is something that the federal government bought out very early on. Yes, 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 yes. It is yet another example of our fucking government working as a funnel of fucking uh, taxpayer money into private companies' hands. Yet another example of it, and I'm sick of it. I am so sick of it. Doing other things. 
And with that, he also said he's been doing other things. He noted 50 public events when we first started the rollout of vaccines in which he stated that he has relentlessly promoted vaccines. But he said he's now focusing on what people need to know something more about, which in his mind is making people more aware of the treatments in addition to the effectiveness of the vaccines. No, no, no. It's one of those like ask your doctor about blah, 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 that the fucking drug companies push no the only people that need to know about treatments for this are doctors the average person walking the street doesn't need to know about regeneron furthermore you going out there and promoting this wonder drug is going to curb people from getting vaccines I've seen a lot of stories about it pop up. I've seen a lot of politicians talk about it. From AL.com, monoclonal antibodies, the answer to Alabama's COVID surge, doctors say. ICU beds filling up and COVID-19 cases projected to surge in the weeks ahead. Doctors and Alabama health officials are rushing to ramp up access to a life-saving intervention called monoclonal antibody treatment. By the way, Governor Abbott, who tested positive for the covid has already had his monoclonal treatment. Apparently, he had a third dose of the vaccine as well. That shows you how worried Governor Abbott is about the effects of COVID-19, even though he doesn't care. He's going to fight school boards that impose mask mandates on kids. This is the golden goose, okay? This is what we need, and we've got a short window to get these people treated, said Dr. David Thrasher, a pulmonologist, a pulmonologist, isn't that somebody that deals with blood from Montgomery? This is the only thing in COVID that I've seen that is not controversial. The fuck? Monoclonal antibodies are, why is the vaccine controversial? The vaccine isn't controversial unless Republicans make it controversial. Unless the media, the Tucker Carlson's and the Ben Shapiro's of the world make it controversial. And all the right-wing goddamn talking heads on YouTube. Monoclonal antibodies are a synthetic treatment that help the body build rapid immunity to COVID-19. The treatment, which is emergency use authorization from the FDA. I've seen so many right-wingers saying, Oh, I'm not going to get the vaccine because it's not FDA approved. (laughs) From Thrasher Magazine. Dr. Thrasher advises patients to request monoclonal antibody treatments from a doctor as soon as COVID-19 symptoms appear. You've got to wonder, is this Dr. Thrasher invested in the Regeneron treatments? Not saying that they don't work. Apparently they do. But like, I smell something fishy going on here. After testing positive for COVID, Alabamians over the age of 12 with a body mass index of about 25 are eligible for the treatment, which takes about two hours. Oh, oh, poor baby. I hope he's okay. I hope hope he just like twisted his leg or something. It's going to go away easily. I hope. I never want to hear about a puppy feeling bad. At a time when we are surging, when our hospitals are becoming overrun with COVID, when we are being stretched very thin, this is more important than ever that Dr. Sonia Health. Dr. Sonia Health. 
ironic name, is a professor at the... He's a professor of medicine at the University of Alabama. Every person that we treat, we can hopefully prevent them from being hospitalized. Hopefully prevent them from having complications from COVID. Now, the problem with this is, and hey, maybe this is a good thing about getting the word out. People usually don't seek treatment until they're too sick. So if this has to be administered very early on to stop you from getting sick, here in the U.S., where we don't have ready access to affordable health care, most people put off going to the doctor until they're on their deathbed. The Florida State Board of Education has voted to punish school districts that defy Governor DeSantis. Florida's Board of Education voted Tuesday to impose punishments against two school districts that have defied Governor Ron DeSantis and instituted mask mandates. The board voted in an emergency session to issue sanctions against the school districts in Alchua County, which includes Gainesville, and Broward County, which includes Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, my, my apologies if I mispronounce Alchua County. The board did not announce how the districts will be punished be handed down at a later date by the state education commissioner who was appointed by DeSantis. Potential penalties against the districts would be the first since DeSantis threatened to withhold funding from schools that mandate masks among students. Earlier today, President Biden said that he will take steps to uh, combat these executive orders by governors of the states like DeSantis. Of education, an educator himself, to take additional steps to protect our children. This includes using all of his oversight authorities and legal action, if appropriate, against governors who are trying to block and intimidate local school officials and educators. Now- I'm looking at you, DeSantis. I'm looking at you, Abbott. I'm looking at you, Lee. As I said before, if you aren't going to fight COVID-19, at least get out of the way of everyone else who's trying. You know, we're not going to sit by as governors try to block and intimidate educators protecting our children. For example, if a governor wants to cut the pay of a hardworking education leader who requires masks in a classroom, money from the American Rescue Plan can be used to pay that person's salary 100%. I'm going to say a lot more about children in schools next week. But as we head into the school year, remember this. Next week! Next week! Next week! Holy shit, Biden! In case you didn't know, there are thousands of students across the country currently being quarantined. School district... That's the thing. I've seen multiple school districts say they are shutting down for two weeks. And they're going to reconvene again. What good is that going to do? What good is it going to do to do this start and stop thing with schools all fucking year? That is going to be worse than just going ahead, sucking it up, shutting the schools down, going virtual for the rest of the year. 
Starting and stopping over and over and over again is going to be far more stressful on the parents, the staff, the, 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 the fucking students themselves. Why are we so goddamn stupid in this country? Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, says masks are critical, especially for those who are not yet vaccinated, like our children under the age of 12. So let's put politics aside. Let's follow the educators and the scientists. Well, we can't do that. You said that. Teach our children and keep them safe than any politics. Because you said it, the right wingers are going to do the exact opposite. Put politics aside, my ass. Apparently, the U.S. government is now recommending COVID boosters. A third dose of the Pfizer Moderna vaccines now being recommended for all Americans by public health officials. The announcement came this morning in a joint statement from CDC Director Rochelle Walensky and Dr. Anthony Fauci, among others. Those booster shots will begin to be administered starting September 20th. ABC's Rena Roy has more for us now from New York. More protection could soon be on the way in the fight against COVID-19. White House health officials announcing today that most Americans should get booster shots eight months after their second dose. Recent data makes clear that protection against mild and moderate disease has decreased over time. This is likely due to... Okay, cool. Release the IP and the strength. And let other countries produce vaccines then. CDC reports show no significant drop yet when it comes to helping keep people out of the hospital. We're actually picking up evidence of it, certainly through breakthrough cases, and so the level of effectiveness... Oh my god, there was a fantastic video where some right-winger said that Dr. Peter Hotez here was being censored, called into Alex Jones... And got Alex Jones are like, oh yeah, look this guy up, look this guy up. And I'm like, wait a minute. I cited Hotez the other day. This guy isn't a nut job. Has gone down from over 90% to 40 to 50% and possibly breakthrough hospitalizations. Hospitals in Portland, Oregon running low on staff. The big pinch point is, you know, making sure that we have enough staff to care for our patients. We could literally carry, care for thousands and thousands of patients if we had enough staff. ICUs across five states now more than 90% full. Losing within a week three patients under the age of 40, just very heartbreaking. Fully vaccinated Texas Governor Greg Abbott testing positive for the virus, saying he's asymptomatic. The governor has banned mask and vaccine mandates in the state. And but he got his booster. Some schools already seeing COVID cases. In Tampa, Florida, more than 8,000 students and faculty are in quarantine just a week into the school year. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I'd said thousands. It's tens of thousands. As local officials desperately try to stop the spread, Chicago now joining the growing list of cities implementing mask mandates indoors. Los Angeles announcing it will also require face coverings at major outdoor events like concerts and festivals. In New York, Rena Roy for Channel 6 Action News. I mean, good, but why are we still having concerts, right? And I say this as someone who loves live music. I've, I've, I've mentioned it many times. I have tickets to see Modest Mouse in about a month. I don't think that show is going to take place. Will I go if it does? One, it was supposed to be outside, but apparently they have moved the venue back inside now.
So I, I don't fucking know. And when I, I bought the tickets on my birthday back in May. And I was so fucking excited. I'm like, I, for once, like, there's a concert right here. It's minutes from my apartment. I'm going to be there early in the day. I will be up front, front fucking row for Modest Mouse. But I, I'm dreading, I'm dreading having to deal with this. I, I mean, I've got my N95 masks. I, I felt a lot better about it wearing my N95, my N95, and going and if it was outside. I, I don't know that I will go now. And I, I'm I'm seeing a lot of my friends. I'm seeing comedian friends still doing stand-up shows right now. I'm seeing musician friends doing shows in packed fucking clubs. I. Fucking wow. Now, while the U.S. government is recommending a booster shot, the chief scientist of the World Health Organization is warning of even more dire situations worldwide if the coronavirus pandemic, if high-income countries start administering vaccine boosters ahead of poorer countries without vaccines. The thing I was talking about last night. You want to do boosters in this country? Release the fucking intellectual property and let other countries produce their own vaccines then. The U.S. health officials are recommending booster shots for all Americans who have already been vaccinated. Dr. Sumya Swaminathan expressed concern that leaving billions of people in the developing world unvaccinated could foster emergence of new variants like the Delta variant that is driving new cases in the United States and beyond. We believe clearly that the data does not indicate that boosters are needed. We express more understanding for a recent U.S. decision to administer boosters to people with weaker immune systems, who officials have repeatedly expressed concerns that variants will continue to crop up in areas where the virus goes unchecked and called for vaccine equity and solidarity among countries. We can't do that here in the U.S. We're fucking selfish. Somebody who's not selfish, though, uh, I very much appreciate talking about concerts. Garth Brooks has canceled five stops on his stadium tour. That's that's the whole tour right now, which includes the postponed Nashville show that was supposed to take place a couple weeks ago. I think I played the footage. They had the lightning strikes. Garth Brooks has canceled the remaining stops on his stadium tour amid the resurgence of COVID-19. This includes his show at Nissan Stadium in Nashville that was called off due to storms and had yet to be rescheduled. Other concert locations that were canceled include Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, and Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Garth Brooks, of course, being on the list of musicians who I would fucking love to see, by the way. Huge music head. Not a country music fan, per se. Garth Brooks transcends country music, though. Meanwhile, in Texas, a parent ripped off the mask straight from a teacher's face. Holy fuck. Before Eans ISD kids are back on campus, parents got an email. Disappointed. Alarmed. 
alerting them. Another parent physically assaulted a teacher, ripping the mask off her face. In another instance, parents yelled at a teacher to take off her mask. We moved to this house to be in Eames ISD. But these incidents were enough to push Ryan Clinton and his wife to pull their first grader out of Eames ISD in search of a virtual. Abbott is COVID positive, received the fucking monoclonal treatment, and received a third dose of the vaccine. That is how worried he is about COVID and the effects of it. But hey, he's going to fight any school district that tries to put kids in masks. District Superintendent Dr. Tom Leonard says no charges will be filed this time. My staff members. No, you should have filed charges. Period. Keep it off our school grounds and keep it out of my classrooms. The kids are watching. He says teachers and staff are doing their best, but he emphasized the Travis County order mandating masks doesn't give them many tools to enforce compliance. We're gonna encourage masks, but I'm gonna respect them either way. And we are not gonna be the mask police. Whatever's best for your family. That's what Jennifer Stevens and members of her group, Eans Kids First, are asking of the district, rallying on Tuesday night against forced masking. Some of those things need to start in the home and not be taught by the district without the parents. And while her family won't be wearing masks in class... Violence of any kind, anytime, is unacceptable. So we need to understand what happened. we got to love and support our teachers always. Avery Travis, KXAN News. Love and support your teachers, but hey, put them in the way of a deadly fucking virus that could kill them. Four teachers in Florida died within a 24-hour period. Now this from a board meeting in Charleston City. Oh, this is the city council meeting, not a board meeting. I know exactly what's going on, and we do not bow down to you. We only bow down to God, and our oath is to the United States Constitution. Get yourselves in check right now! You only bow down to God and the United States Constitution. Those are diametrically opposed, woman. Fuck. Get yourselves in check right now! Why is she so fucking angry? I don't get it. Because she's been fed full of bullshit. This is coming to us from Fox News, by the way. They are promoting it as a good thing that this woman is pissed off in front of a board meeting. Video of the meeting was posted on YouTube and showed parents who seemed to encapsulate the mood for many in the country. I wonder where this mood came from. It came from right-wing propaganda. See what this piece says. I don't know if it actually has to do with that board meeting. He's now facing a $1,000 fine after quitting his job over mask requirements and about concerns regarding critical race theory. Josiah Enyart was a sixth grade teacher at Shawnee Mission School District for 11 years in the Kansas City area. He said the mask mandate was the final straw and is now pulling his own kids out of the district schools for homeschooling. And he joins us right now from Kansas. Josiah, good morning to you. Good morning. How you doing? Doing okay. So uh, it all started 
you you had uh, misgivings about the fact that you feel that your school wants you to teach critical race theory anyway, right? By the way, by the way, I need to show you the ah oh, fuck. I didn't save it. I don't think. God damn it. Yeah, not the school, but the district itself. I mean, everything's, you know, top down as far as how it gets down to me as the teacher. Right. Um, but, you know, a couple of years ago when the training started, uh, it was kind of inevitable on where they wanted it to go. Um, you know, where you spend your money, that's what you're going to do. And they were spending plenty of money on it. So we I just Steve Ducey from Fox News is currently subjected to both a vaccine mandate and a mask mandate, by the way. I knew it was going to be something we were going to have to do. Sure. So so that had been simmering on the back burner. But then, just a couple of weeks ago, they announced that kids uh, K through 6th grade were going to have to wear a mask. And you were not planning on that, were you? No, I wasn't. They told us back uh, in the fall. I mean, they being everybody who just kind of talks that we were hoping are back in the summer and spring that fall was going to be normal. We were going to be moving forward, you know. So then when it came out, um, really the thing that got well, then when they looked at the numbers and saw COVID surge and killing kids, they fucking made a decision to protect children. And then realizing that the only way I can give them the education I wanted them to have, I was resigning. So, right. So you resigned, uh, and mm-hmm. famously we, we ran. And this is going to be another guy here in a few weeks. We're going to see him fucking laid up in a hospital bed with tubes in his throat going, oh, you should get the vaccine. We really should mandate masks for kids. That's why I hate stopping Fo- when I'm on the Fox News website. They fucking, they go ahead. Um, really, the thing that got me was that my kids were going to have to and had no say. And so pulling them out was step one. And then realizing that the only way I can give them the education I wanted them to have I was resigning. So right. I work for a company that does homeschool uh, resources. And by the way, business is booming. In front of the school board last week on the yeah. program. Uh, she's already found a new job. You resigned, and then the school board hits you with a thousand dollar fine. Yep. Well, was he under contract? So, uh, I guess NEA and SMSD have a contract that uh, says if you resign after June 4th, they're going to charge you with liquidation damages. Um, Good. It was them changing the terms of my employment and me having no other option. Uh, I tried to give them as much time as possible. I called my principal right away because I wanted them to be able to replace me and not be struggling to get the first days of school uh, without a teacher. And so, um, you know, it was almost a two-week notice for her. And then I immediately put in the paperwork so that they could open the job up and hire somebody. But then I... That is a loaded question. And and anecdotally, just the propaganda I've made for this organization, like, I about fell out of my chair one time because... They said that John Rockefeller was a secret socialist. Seriously, I'm editing some of their shit, and they said John Rockefeller was a secret socialist. However, the the guy that actually, that I work for, work under, whatever the fuck you want to call it, he's, he's cool. He's super cool. I've been, really enjoyed working with him. I can't imagine that it would be legal if he didn't know the terms of the contract before he signed it. So they couldn't just change the contract. 
sounds like he's just a fucking entitled prick. And maybe he wanted his 15 minutes of fame. He wanted to get on Fox News. Moving on to the San Diego Board of Supervisors. Apparently this one went off the fucking rails. I think it happened last night. I've seen this dude's picture multiple times now. <laughs> Wait, what, what the... F- where's the rest of the story here? I swear this had videos with it. Here is Matt Baker. This is the guy that we just saw the picture of. That's the wind. That's the wind of time. That's the wind of history. That's the wind blowing through your ancestors' bones, begging you to do the right thing. Sir, can you please state that your name for the, the audio record? That Sir. Matt Baker is calling upon from Ocean Beach. that is blowing through the black people, through the white people, through the Chinese people, through the Mexican-Americans, to the people that built this building with their bare hands to raise up this nation. They are begging you, and they are blowing through your veins, and they should be putting a tingle up the spine of your back, and they should be begging you to do the right thing. He smells like patchouli and B.O., right? not get a vaccine passport put on us you know as the population who's in control you know that the people or the politicians once you get a power in big wind's pocket <laughs> oh there's a cat behind me of marble that holds you above high in this chamber will help you from the fate of humanity this isn't you this is socrates you guys don't see him very often Uh, The patchouli joke? I'm sorry. For those of you listening to the podcast, if I had to guess, this is a lunatic leftist. Or maybe not not a leftist, but a fucking... One of those people that believes in the woo and the new age shit. I don't think he's a right winger, to be honest with you. Maybe. I don't know. But you are unleashing! No! No! It won't! Your children and your children's children will be subjugated! They will be asked, how many vaccines have you had? Have you been a good little Nazi? Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! There's been a lot of talk about the North. This woman's face is cracking me up over here. There's been a lot of talk about the Nuremberg Code. Well, I brought you a copy. You are all in violation of Section 1. Yes, you, Dr. Wilton. 
You are in violation of the Nuremberg Code, which is international law, and the, de the definition is... Thank you, sir. Your time is... I was not expecting that. Holy shit. You want to see some more from this board meeting? And I love coffee. Someone called him a terrorist. He's a true patriot. He was at the storming of the Capitol, but he's a patriot. <clears throat> you all are a bunch of pawns of George Soros. You're all a bunch of criminals. You can take a picture from SDPD Sergeant Randolph because we need to stand up. This is 1776. We the people, these colors don't run. Loud noises. You know, it's been How many more Republican bumper stickers can you throw out there? In this bubble here, you know, every day I feel that I'm an idiot and I'm stupid and I'm wrong, but you all need to do your own research. You need to Google anti-vax daddy. Now that is a smart man. Anti-vax daddy. Google anti-vax daddy. That is a smart man. Black Lives Matter. What about children's smiles? Children's smiles matter. We know we need to bring back evictions. Think of the poor landlords. These people, they need to get back to work. I'm a landscaping business owner, and I can't get anyone to work for me for minimum wage. They're all lazy. I don't know. I'm starting to think this might be parody. I think this dude's like fucking satire. It's Poe. You know, where one, where we go one, we go all. Thank you, true patriots out there. Have a wonderful day. I, I don't know about that one. See this Hello, one. My name is Derek Greco. I'm a San Diego resident. I'm a parent and I'm pissed off. We should not be spending our time here and our life. Yes, I'm aware that the right wing propaganda you consume has told you to be pissed off about the wrong shit. Energy fighting people who lack critical thinking and common sense, who beat the drum of an industry that has cured zero diseases in our lifetime, yet want to push a vaccine on us that they can't name one ingredient in that promotes human health. This is also an industry that has indemnified itself. What are you talking about, dude? Human beings since 1986, and this woman says that's what. Apparently, I didn't even know this until the other day. Apparently, I'm like the last goddamn generation that ever had chicken pox. You want to talk about, like, we haven't eradicated anything? What the hell? I, yeah, I didn't even know this until the other day, that we eradicated chicken pox, that I'm, like, one of the last people to actually get it. This is fucking insane. Common sense isn't very common. This is also an industry that has indemnified itself from damages to human beings since 1986. And this woman says, that's what we have to do to be healthy? Excuse me. Let's start looking at BMIs. Let's start looking at making ourselves a bad host for this and every other malady. Okay? And frankly, I'd have a mask on my face too, and I'd be hiding myself from society if I were you as well. Okay? You all are an abject joke that I've had to be here and spend my time here. Okay? Th this doesn't add up. And when it doesn't add up and it doesn't make sense, you know what that is? That's the definition of propaganda. And history will... No, it's not! ...accordingly. Do you know what's funny? Saturn is in the same place as it was during the American Revolution of 1776. And you are the Redcoats. You... Well, maybe not Jim. By the way, we love Jim. Okay? 
Well, hell, Saturn's in the same place it was in 1776. By the way, where there was a fucking smallpox outbreak and General Washington required his army to be vaccinated against it and we quarantined the city of Boston. You stupid fuck. Where I can see it in the egomaniacal rolls of your of your fake smiles behind your masks. This is not an agenda that you want to have your name attached to, where you have demoralized children. And come on, guys, do you think putting a mask on your face and recycling your oxygen? Polio has made a comeback in recent years, but not in the U.S. Vaccine that promotes human health, Miss Wooden. You can't. Can you tell me why these companies are indemnified? And can you tell me why this industry that we're supposed to pray to like a god hasn't cured one disease in our lifetime? Thank you very much. I'll leave. Who told you to pray to the pharmaceutical industry like a god? I certainly didn't. It has been the right wing that has been promoting capitalism that you should pray to like a god that has resulted in all the fucking shittiness of our pharmaceutical industry. Let's hear another one. Uh, I'm a former healthcare worker and a first-generation Afghan. Um, I'm here because I'm just completely disappointed in every... Astrology? (laughs) He's getting some kind of bad juju from Saturn or some shit? Ours is in retro Gatorade or something? I I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know decision that you guys have been making my family came here from afghanistan they uh, ran away from the taliban from the rule that they they were going to do and over us and they came here in the early 80s and they made something of themselves and i wanted to make something of myself too and you know what i used to be a democrat your family couldn't have fled the taliban in the early 80s reagan hadn't created them yet and that party drove me crazy, and it made my life terrible. And by the grace of God, I came to Jesus Christ last year. It's a miracle a person like me did from where I'm from. So I'm here to tell you the evil I see, because darkness runs from light. The darkness doesn't, they don't want to see the light because their, their, their deeds were evil, just like Jesus said. You, can, you guys are just empty. And you know what? It's like the Pink Floyd song. All in all, you're all just... I'm sure Roger Waters, who's a dick, by the way, I do not, I have a love-hate relationship with Pink Floyd. I'm sure Roger Waters would not agree with you, ma'am. He believes in science. I'm sure if he is touring right now, and I don't think he is, if he was, I'm sure he would require mask and vaccination to enter bricks in the wall and we could just flick you like this well, maybe maybe she's on team gilmore and i think gilmore is we've been through so a far better person than waters we my afghan people have faced terrorists and you know what you guys are you're acting like terrorists and the taliban nathan fletcher from what your your stance you'd get a i've got another fucking pink floyd song for you woman that you need to listen to it's called brain damage along with the taliban very very well they would applause you I'm here to tell you look at you in the face I can't even believe I'm here this is amazing fucking Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles by the way I found out John didn't actually say that that's a joke from a comedian I was very let down when I because I was watching a uh, 
I was watching like a studio video of them recording uh, Get Back. And I was, the whole time I was thinking, I'm like, did they bring in a studio drummer? Because the drum part on this is way better than Ringo ever, anything Ringo ever did. But apparently John didn't say that. But I would believe it to be true that Ringo isn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. I'm sure Paul probably was. I am fueled. You guys, I want to live my life. And you guys are taking that away from me, just like they've taken away from my people. And these are my people, too. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a warrior, an Afghan warrior, and we're not going to back down because we haven't backed down and we're still not going to back down. And I'm going to get all my... This statement dedicated to the brave men and women fighting for the Mujahideen. <laughs> I'm the Eastern people in San Diego to come up... Okay, 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 I'll give you that. George probably was the best drummer, okay. Fucking George was, an, George was by far the most underrated Beatle. You think she might be a plant? This is like an astroturfed thing? I, I don't know. I don't know. Because they listen to me. They know my, they hear my words and they listen to me. I can get them here and confront you. And guess what? We own a lot of liquor stores and marketplaces too. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Ma'am, your time is up. They own a lot of liquor stores? Next speaker, please. Yes, your places too. And guess what? We own a lot of liquor stores and marketplaces too. They own a lot of liquor stores and marketplaces. What the fuck does that mean? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Ma'am, your time is up. Thank you. Your time is up. Next speaker, please. Yeah, keep that in mind about the Christians being against mask mandates. We've, we've got something about that. Two weeks ago, I took my three boys to the library. We got books. It was the first time in a year and a half because they just recently opened. We didn't have masks on because they weren't required two weeks ago. I went back this last week to make copies. Okay. The library was empty, and the librarian called the police on me because I tried to use a um, a Carlsbad-owned copy machine without my mask, which I'm not going to wear because I think they're unhealthy, and it's well. Then you are stupid. You are stupid. I, I I, never knew what they were talking about when I heard them say that masks were unhealthy. I finally did some digging and found out, like, if you wear a cloth mask multiple days in a row, it can get bacteria on it make you sick. That's what they're talking about when they say masks are unhealthy. Well, nobody told you to wear a cloth mask, the same cloth mask, every day without washing it. Nobody told you not wear a disposable surgical mask. So anytime you hear right-wingers talking about masks will make you sick, that's what they're talking about. It's not Stupid law. idiots. Um, this is really uncomfortable, but Wilma Wooten, I would like to call on your resignation today. We are a failed state. And Nathan Fletcher, this is very, Nathan, this is very uncomfortable, but we feel ignored. I would like to call on your resignation today. I wish. Unfortunately, it's written into our laws that we can't have a religious test, so we can't be like, ah, you stupid-ass Christians, we borrow you from holding all this. Secondly, I'd like to address the unconstitutional vaccine passport. 
These shots are not a vaccine. They are an untested experimental drug which contains multiple harmful agents and have been scientifically shown to cause dangerous side effects. No! Previous vaccines in years 2018 to 2020 were in the 20s. In the past six months alone, according to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, VAERS... VAERS! VAERS! I'm pretty sure everybody in my chat would know, but if you don't know what VAERS is, that is the thing where you can go and self-report and call yourself like Winnie the Pooh and report that you had five family members die from the vaccine. It is, it is not any kind of actual uh, statistical analysis. Deaths from this COVID vax are well over 12,000. Researchers claim the estimate for those who will eventually die from this vax will occur in three to 10 years, which means that within 10 years, 2.1 billion people could die from these dangerous COVID shots. Add that, add to that the side effects of infertility among men and women. Countless medical professionals, including the former VP of Pfizer. I haven't heard about vaccines causing infertility, but you know what I have heard? Causing infertility, COVID-19. ...are trumpeting the dangers of this so-called vaccine. To force it upon adults and children is surely the greatest crime against humanity. As Americans, as, Amer- as Americans, we have the freedom to Thank make you, our... Weaponized stupidity. Stop the tyranny. Stop the tyranny. I thought there was going to be more. Fuck. But now I would like to point this out. This is uh, a tweet from Kurt Eschenwald. Right-wing Christians weren't always opposed to mask wearing. They encouraged each other to wear them to protect against AIDS, a disease that is not airborne. But doing so in the 1980s, let them torment and hate the gay community. And somehow then they didn't think that masks kill you. I'd vote for Vern Supreme in a heartbeat. Need to ask Sparkles about her love for Vermin Supreme. We all need our ponies. This is is a pamphlet from July 1983. The Moral Majority Report. AIDS in big bold letters. And then a whole family masked up against a non-respiratory disease. The rent is too damn... I would vote for the rent is too damn high guy. Just based on his style alone. My, 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 how it doesn't ever seem to be about masks or freedom or whatever. It it just seems to be about, you know, doing the opposite of what the libtards say. As I said, officials in Alabama are going to take some steps to try to curb the spread of the disease. Their plan, as Mobile County hospitals fill up, the city calls for prayer. A record number of 480 people with COVID-19 filled up at Mobile County's hospitals Monday, placing continued stress on a healthcare industry that is pleading for relief. Mobile city officials on Tuesday wanted to recognize those workers with a proclamation and are encouraging prayer. And for local churches and other houses of worship, 
who toll their bells for one minute at noon each day for the next week. Proclamation entitled Healthcare Prayer and Appreciation Week is in effect from Wednesday until August 25th. I'm sure that's really going to help us out of the current situation we're in. Well, Dr. Watson, we're going to talk about the Taliban here in just a second. But first, we're going to talk about the teacher in Tennessee that was fired for teaching critical race theory. People are rallying in support of a former Sullivan County teacher who they believe was wrongfully fired. Sullivan County is Kingsport, Tennessee, by the way. Issues teacher at Sullivan Central High was dismissed by the school board in a six to one vote a few months back following accusations of him lecturing on hot button issues related to racism. Ahead of an appeal this week, those who know and support Hahn gathered in downtown Johnson City. Amy Cockrum spoke with supporters about why they came out earlier today. Italian, your chairman, you learned our nothing. You called us stupid. That's white privilege. Kyla Janae sure Lacey is performing her poem, White Privilege. It's a poem that former teacher Matthew Hahn showed a video of in his class, and one of the reasons he was issued a letter of reprimand and later fired. I'm very appreciative to Kyla Lacey. Um, she has reached out from the very beginning. Hahn says that He's wearing a Stone Temple Pilot shirt. He was overwhelmed by all the community support on Sunday. Dozens came to the rally that took place at the King Mercado Food Truck Court ahead of his appeal to the Sullivan County Department of Education on Monday. The situation isn't ideal, but um, to be around people that I love and that show the support um, really means a lot. Community members say that they want to show that they stand with Han. It's a great opportunity for us to come out as a community, see what's going on, um, you know, spread the awareness of what is happening in our country. Citizens of Tennessee are, um, we believe that truth heals and that um, all voices deserve to be heard. And for Han, he just wants his voice to be heard. I'm not looking forward to the trial, but I am looking forward to getting my side of the story um, out. And I think when people hear it, um, they'll understand what my objectives were in the class. And I, you know, I think I'll be teaching in Sullivan County. Again. They're doing themselves in because friends are nothing without each other. In Johnson City, Amy Cox. I mean, I hope you are teaching in Sullivan County. I mean, the kids there need better teachers, that's for sure. But. I do not hold out hope that the board is going to do the right thing because we have seen these people go and just make complete fools of themselves at board of education meetings and city council meetings over and over and over again. And it's, it's a proxy. It, the people that couldn't be at the Capitol on January 6th are going to school board meetings. They're going to city council meetings. That's the way they're trying to assert their bullshit. Where's the right-wingers bitching about cancel culture? This man was let go because he hurt your feelings. 
he had the audacity to state facts. But I know firsthand that stating facts in this country is not very popular. Speaking of not stating facts, here is Mike Pompeo on with Laura Ingram. They're going to be talking about Afghanistan. Boy, there's a lot of work that needs to be done to hold the leadership accountable. Maybe not even just. Okay, so. 15,000 Americans in Kabul. What were they doing in fucking Kabul? Huh? Who cares? Are you are you trying to come in here and make the argument that we should have stayed in Afghanistan? That we should have wasted far more money and more American lives? 2018 and 2019 were the deadliest years for civilian casualties in Afghanistan. What we were doing was not working. And if you have a problem with the way they pulled out, this man right here, Mike Pompeo, was the one that negotiated with the Taliban for the pullout. So here's the man you need to be blaming. Uh, this sets some, there, there may well be history that began 10, 11, 12 years ago that we need to go back and look at. But Laura, as I think about these things... Um, 10, 11, 12 years ago, I could give you a whole synopsis of what happened in the last fucking century that led up to this, sir. But in terms of America's involvement, it starts with the Republican Party creating, arming, funding, and training these people right here. Our Constitution demands that the senior leader, our commander-in-chief, be held accountable. You know, we've got handled lots of challenges when we walked into office. North Korea was... And honest, honest to God, I think it is a Republican tactic to do shit to try to blame on the next administration. I honestly, I think Bush fucking crashed the economy on purpose, or did not care at least. So that they could blame the Obama administration that was coming in. It's clear that Trump wanted to create as much chaos as he could on the way out. Even though he didn't think he was going to be leaving. It's program, uh, the previous administration had given back a fifth of Ukraine. Uh, we had lots of challenges. We didn't pass the buck. We didn't blame them. We just dealt with them. We confronted them. We took them on. President Biden is the one that needs to be held accountable for what's taking place in Afghanistan today and anything that before. He blamed Obama the entire administration. Decisions he made on the way he executed this withdrawal in such a hasty, unplanned way that, that upended so much of the good work that had already been done. Uh, he needs to be held accountable and he needs to make accountable those members of his team. But in the end, but the end, this falls to presidents, Laura. Oh, shoot. But we had more of that. So Mike Pompeo blames the Biden administration. Hmm. This is Pompeo. This is the Taliban. 
Weird that he's blaming the Biden administration. What the fuck does that mean? He inherited the Iran deal. He broke the Iran deal. The fuck are you talking about? The Iran deal was good. I bet you're one of the people that thinks like, oh, they gave the the Iran $80 billion. But you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. That we unfreezed their assets. We didn't give them fucking money. I am so tired of right-wingers never knowing what they're talking about. Weren't you the guy that was in here last night is like, Twitter is a publicly traded company, not knowing what publicly traded fucking meant. Why do I have stupid people that keep coming in my chat and saying idiotic shit? Why don't you just sit here and listen and try to learn something? Fuck me. China mocked the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Chinese social media users mocked the U.S. troop withdrawal in Afghanistan, saying the Taliban takeover was more smooth than the presidential transition in the U.S. They were correct. Right-wingers love talking about, you know, respect in the eyes of the world and shit. Well, it was it was Pompeo's withdrawal that caused those issues. This was shared out by Town Hall. Uh, I think it's a a mashup of two different CNN reports from over the weekend. They're just chanting "Death to America," but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre. The most frightening moment for our team came when our producer Brent Swales was taking some video on his iPhone two Taliban fighters just came up with their pistols and they were ready to pistol whip him and we had to intervene and scream and it was actually another Taliban fighter who who came in and said no 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 don't do that they're journalists but I mean really you know I, I I've covered all sorts of crazy situations this was mayhem this was nuts this is impossible for an ordinary civilian even if they have their paperwork no way they're running that gauntlet no way they're going to be able to navigate that. It's it's very dicey, it's very dangerous, and it's completely unpredictable. There's no order, there's no coherent system for processing people, separating those with papers from those who don't have papers. And honestly, to me, it's a miracle that more people haven't been very, very seriously hurt. This was Town Hall walking the juxtaposition between CNN saying mostly peaceful and then saying that they were going to pistol whip their reporters. Now, this is the same town hall that I'm sure has talked about how peaceful the rioters were at the U.S. Capitol on January the 6th. There's a lot of uh, a lot of similarities between the right wing in this country and the Taliban. We're going to go into that here in just a second. The real footage appears to show Taliban militants driving bumper cars and lifting weights. I mean, good on them? 
Taliban fighters enjoy in an amusement park presenting a softer version. They're on their phones and some bumper cards. It seems all they wanted was free rides at the theme park. God, they're on one of the kitty rods now. <laughs> Fucking shit. There's the Taliban in a gym. Lifting weights, getting in shape. Don't skip leg day. <laughs> Dude had a rocket launcher over there. Apparently this is in the presidential palace. They look really happy. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mujahideen should pay utmost attention to the treasury, public facilities, government offices, equipment of government offices, parks, roads, bridges. These are the trust and property of the nation. No personal tampering and negligence should be done with them, but be strictly guarded. A Taliban spokesperson. Shortly before they invaded the palace, but I mean, we watched the video of them taking over the general's fucking house that was so loud it looked like it was in Beverly Hills or some shit now the Taliban is really upset about Facebook and Twitter stifling free speech Uh, Zabahula Mujahid emerged from the shadows on Tuesday and devoted part of his first press conference to a rant about Facebook in which he accused the tech giant of violating the Islamist group's right to free speech. There is no right to free speech. Like, that's in our Constitution. <laughs> and it only applies to the government. Speaking to reporters in the Afghan capital, Mujahid offered vague assurances that women's rights would be respected within the limits of Islam before attacking the social media company, which removed user accounts linked to him by the New York Times on Monday. Journalist uh, Mujahid suggested should ask people at Facebook who are claiming to be promoters of freedom of speech. I don't know where they claim to be promoters of freedom of speech, ever. I don't know what you're talking about. By the Islamist movement that seized power from the Afghanistan's elected government is banning uh, is banned from posting on any Facebook-owned platform, including Instagram and WhatsApp. Well, sir, the Attorney General of Alabama is asking for your comments. You should submit a form on his website, like I did. This question should be asked to those people who are uh, claiming to be promoters of freedom of speech uh, who do not allow uh, publication of all information. I can ask Facebook uh, company. Uh, this question should be asked to them. This question. <laughs> They're absolutely taking all their cues from the American right wing, aren't they? A Facebook spokesperson declined to comment on the criticism from her Taliban counterpart, but provided a statement from the company explaining the rationale for the ban. 
Taliban is sanctioned as a terrorist organization under U.S. law, and they are banned from our services under our dangerous organization policies. Who cares? Who cares where Saki is? Who fucking cares, dude? The fuck? That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. You are an idiot. Facebook spokesperson went on to say this means we remove accounts maintained by or on behalf of the Taliban and promote or and prohibit praise, support, and representation of them. Determinations about which content to remove were made by what the company calls a dedicated team of Afghanistan experts or native Dari and Pashto speakers and have knowledge of local context. All those experts are closely monitoring the situation as it evolves. The company stressed that Facebook does not make decisions about the recognized government in any particular country, but instead respects the authority of the international community in making these determinations. Regardless of who holds power, we will take the appropriate action against accounts and content that breaks our rules. The head of Instagram told Bloomberg News on Monday, we don't actually allow any presence, any celebration, any promotion, or any representation of the Taliban on Instagram or any of the Facebook apps. He added that the company was proactively taking down anything that might be dangerous or that is related to the Taliban. What are you doing in this moment to make sure that Instagram isn't spreading or amplifying terrorist messaging? In Afghanistan, we just had a guest on who said the decision that social media platforms make right now could decide lives. So what's happening in Afghanistan is quite frankly terrifying right now. It turns out the Taliban is under U.S. sanctions, which means that uh, due to our dangerous organization policies, we don't actually allow any presence, any celebration, any promotion or any... Well, just because they're under U.S. sanctions doesn't necessarily make it right. ...any of the Facebook apps or applications. And so we were relying on that policy to proactively take down anything that we can that might be dangerous or that is related to the Taliban in general. But they're hiding behind the U.S. government's decision. Let's see some of that hypocrisy. The right, shall we? Fox News upset over the fact that fa- or that Twitter won't ban the Taliban. Twitter continues to face pressure over its decision to allow the Taliban to use its platform while maintaining its ban of former President Donald Trump and censoring other right-leaning American accounts. A spokesman for the radical Islamic group that has seized control of Afghanistan has been using the platform to give updates about the group's advance. Mujahid's account is not verified but has nearly 280,000 followers and is regularly cited by major news outlets. He recently tweeted an update on military units entering Kabul and wrote that their advance is continuing normally. On Tuesday, he used Twitter to announce a press conference that afternoon, and Twitter also allowed him to post warnings and statements as Kabul fell to the radical group. Dude, do you know know what a red fucking herring fallacy is? It's you coming in here and saying, what about Jen Psaki? Has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's you trying to attack the administration on bullshit. Press office of the White House has been releasing statements. That 
They are nothing but the mouthpiece of the White House, and Biden has spoke on this issue. I don't know why you keep coming in my chat and making yourself look like a complete fucking fool. Why? What purpose does it serve? Because you could say you're throwing me off and you're making me yell at you and shit, but that, that's what people tune in for. I like that you come in here and say stupid shit and I can call you an idiot and say that you don't know what words mean. I just wonder why you continually do it. Don't you ever get tired of looking like a complete and fucking total tool? Jesus Christ. You're exactly right. Plenty of things to, and I've done plenty of yelling at Biden. Everyone fucking knows this that watches this show. But here, here is the one thing that Biden has done that has been incredibly good that he followed through. He took the PR hit to do the right thing and end this stupid-ass war that never should have started. That the Republicans caused every step of the way. One hundred percent, every bit of this is on the shoulders of Republicans. He didn't sign up for you to say bullshit about him. Like what? What the fuck? I don't. I don't get it. If you have a critique, make it. You don't have a critique. I know you think you're center of the road, that you that you um, you're nonpartisan, you're just calling it like it is. You're full of shit, dude. What does that what does that mean? Yeah, he signed up to be commander in chief, and the thing that he did that was good, he's now taking a PR hit for. What's your fucking point? He wasn't the one that fucking armed the Taliban and trained them and gave them all kinds of money. He wasn't the one that started the fucking war. And he wasn't the one that negotiated the fucking withdrawal of our troops. He wasn't the one sitting with the fucking Taliban. So I do not know what your criticism is about. You're an idiot. You are an idiot. What is happening now in Afghanistan would have happened 10 years ago, would have happened 15 years ago, would have happened 10 years from now, 15 years from now, no matter what we did. Thank you, President Joe Biden, for doing what what is clearly not popular in the American imperialist media. You think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yes, every single one of you. Right-wingers are the dumbest fucks walking the planet. And apparently, they're realizing how much they agree with the Taliban now. This is from the Some More News Facebook page. If you guys don't follow... uh, Faller. <laughs> My southernness is coming out. If you guys don't follow Dr. Mr. Cody on Twitter, 
If you guys don't follow Dr. Mr. Cody on Twitter, you, you very much should. Cole Arbor says that notice the Taliban aren't worried about COVID or rainbow flags. Dude responds like, are you guys siding with the Taliban? <laughs> Dude's like, oh no, it's just an observation. Donald Trump Jr. retweeting that the Taliban is not wrong about freedom of speech on tech platforms. Donald Jr. retweeting the Taliban spokesperson. Paul Joseph Watson retweeted this tweet from Bibi Janie. Walked past Afghan boys dramatically retelling the story of looters taken down by locals and the Taliban. Everywhere you go, people are excitedly talking about how criminals who had been freely terrorizing Kabul for months are finally getting the punishments they deserve. So which is it, right-wingers? Do you guys like the Taliban, or do you think it's an unmitigated disaster? You fucks tried to do exactly what the Taliban did back on January the 6th. The only difference is the Taliban isn't the dumbest fucks walking the planet, and they were able to succeed. The Taliban aren't the dumbest fucks walking the planet. Weird for me to insult someone's intelligence with a grammatically incorrect sentence. Right wingers are morons. All right, so this is an in-depth look from NBC at the changing workplace in the aftermath of the pandemic, which is weird that their in-depth look is like a minute and a minute and a half long. There, there were people voicing their stupidity at the board meetings that were longer than a minute and a half, but this is an in-depth look at workplaces during the pandemic. Prompted by the pandemic, millions of Americans reevaluating their lives and moving on. In April and June, record numbers quit their jobs. In San Antonio, Claire Barnett left her consulting job for more work flexibility and time. Guys, I'm telling you right, right now, it's a it's a uh, seller's market for labor. If you've been thinking about finding a new job, right now is the time. I'm with her kids. Being home gave me that opportunity to think about it. From a family life balance perspective, we can make different decisions. Nationwide, employers report a staggering 10.1 million job openings. Even in picturesque Bozeman, Montana, soaring home prices have made it difficult for software company Zoot Enterprises to attract employees. So it's now offering on-site daycare, a cafeteria, fitness programs, physical therapists, and most importantly, flexible working options. We're seeing employees that really, when they are outside of work, they don't want to be at work. And so we are seeing a a pretty significant shift in that, where work is something that we do, but it's not the only thing we do. Well, good. And their lives really do matter. That change of mindset is forcing companies big and small. That change of mindset really fucking drives a stake into the heart of capitalism, doesn't it? To change their return to work approach, even as a new study finds 38% of employees are... Oh no, Sam Cedar, what a fucking nightmare. ...more perks around flexibility, uh, different kinds of schedules. Um, but of course, in the end, um, what many people care about uh, is their compensation. Higher wages, bonuses, 
A pandemic? Exactly. Employees gaining the upper hand and making lifestyle demands with employees. Hey, hey, hey. If there are any business owners out there, any corporations listening to me, you know, you wouldn't have to provide childcare on site if we had universal childcare in this country. You wouldn't need to provide mental health. Uh, what, what was it? They had, had psychiatrists on, on site and shit. Wouldn't have to provide that if we all had comprehensive universal health care. But hey, a lot of a lot of this shit, the way our, our country is set up, is so that they can hold health care over your head. They can pay you a low wage and you're scared to leave because you'll lose your health care. Now let's talk about some strikes. We've got a picket line we're not going to be able to cross, guys, so listen up. Some of your snacky snacks might have to uh, get put back. Portland Nabisco workers lead strike that has now spread nationwide. More than 200 employees at the Northeast Portland Bakery have walked off the job to fight for a new contract. So, more than 200 workers at Northeast Portland's Nabisco Bakery, which produces major cooking cracker brands like Oreo, Chips Ahoy, and Premium Saltine Crackers. I don't. I just reminded me of that Simpsons where they fire, uh, where Milhouse's dad becomes single. He's working at the cracker factory. <laughs> this cracker factory. I don't. It's been a long, long time since I've seen the episode. He's talking something about like the cracker cracker business is a family business or something. Do single people eat crackers? Frankly, we don't know. We don't care. <laughs> we don't know. We don't want to know. <laughs> This is the group for... And like, why are you promoting so, premium saltine crackers? Are those a big seller? I guess people like putting them in their soup and shit. I'm a buttered cracker kind of guy myself. I don't produce... I don't like saltine. If I need a savory cracker, I'm going for a captain's wafer. This is the group first walked out on August 10th. The work stoppage has spread to Nabisco facilities in Richmond, Virginia. Aurora, Colorado, as others join the fight against parent company Mondelez International in Portland. Remember, I'd never even heard of that company. There's always money in the banana stand. Have you seen me wear that shirt? I have that shirt. God, that's my favorite fucking... That might be my favorite episode of anything ever. Fucking... (laughs) George Sr. eating that fucking, what, it was like an ice cream sandwich. He just, there's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> and then at the end when, he, when he's choking, he's choking Michael. <laughs> he's like, there's always money in the banana stand. And the, and the guard is like, no touching. I was so excited when that show came back, but the last two seasons aren't very good. <laughs> Hopefully it's done. Hopefully it's out of its misery now. <laughs> I tried to watch the the last season the second time and I couldn't even make it all the way through it. It was it was disjointed. Mondelez International, I'd never even heard of them. 
In Portland, members of the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union Local 364 are also picketing outside the facility, holding up signs reading, Don't let this cookie crumble. Support the unions, and Portland is a union town. No touching! Eliciting honks of support from drivers passing by on Northeast Columbia Boulevard. RB, I don't know. Well, I... uh, If you actually learn the history of this country, and you learn the history of labor, that is one, like, that is one of the biggest things. A a people's history of the United States should be required reading in high school. And and believe me, I know it's a fucking long-ass book. It's like 2,000 very dense pages. But it should be read. So you learn that the 40-hour work week was fought for by riots. People died in the streets for the 40-hour work week, for your weekend, for your overtime pay, to end child labor. I've all, Coming from, from Pikeville, Kentucky, being the grandson of a UMW miner, it has always blown my fucking mind that people took the side of the, the coal industry against workers. Coming up on Labor Day here, uh, I watched it last May Day, but coming up here on Labor Day, if you guys want a good themed movie to watch, watch Mate One. Excellent, excellent movie about the miner strikes in the early 20th century in West Virginia. And it it even goes into detail about how, you know, they used black people as scabs and and played to the racism of the people in Appalachia. James Earl Jones is one of the black men that they bus in, train in, they bring him in by train, and mate one to work in the mines. They try to pin him against them. And fucking James Earl Jones' character and the rest of the, the black people that came in ends up joining up with the with the union people. But if you teach people the history of this country, it's hard to exploit them. That's why you hear right-wingers talk about how teaching actual history is teaching children to hate this country. In a way, they're not wrong. Because when you actually read history and read about what we have done in this country, you realize we've been the bad guys more often than not. And that's oversimplifying things. There have always been people fighting for justice in this country. There were abolitionists in this country long before we were ever even a country. So, like, I mean, that's, that's the only thing I can chalk it up to. Is that if you teach people the actual history, they're going to have a different perspective about the now. They're going one. There'll be four reparations. We can't have that. There'll be four more labor justice. It is quite the admission, isn't it? That's why I've always found it wild when people say that. 
Like if if teaching the actual history of this country makes you hate, and I'm like, I don't hate the country, but my heroes in the history of the country aren't the same heroes they 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 want you to have. Workers are fighting for a better contract amid concerns that Mondelez plans to eliminate a long-standing pay structure that offered overtime pay for weekend workers or to workers that clocked in shifts over eight hours regardless of the day. Under the new alternative work schedule, as one Mondelez employee, uh, spokesperson described it, workers would be paid a straight time until they hit 40 hours a week. Ooh, ooh, they're wanting you to put in 12-hour days four days a week. Regardless of what those uh, of what days those are or how long their ships last, per say the new structure would cause some to lose thousands of dollars a year in pay. And the changes come at a time when many are concerned about Mondelez outsourcing jobs overseas. According to a statement released last week by the Bakers Union, after years of Nabisco closing bakeries and moving thousands of BCTGM jobs to Mexico and threatening to move even more jobs to Mexico, our members are saying we've had enough and we're not taking it anymore. Fuck yeah, D. Snyder's on your side, bitches. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm sure he is. D. Snyder is a pretty fucking progressive guy. I did see Danny DeVito tweeted out about the Nabisco workers. So Frank Reynolds, who lost a lot of good men in that sweat factory in Vietnam, is totally on the side of the workers. New York Times lawyers accidentally send a private strategy memo to the staff union. While locked in a contentious battle over tech staffing unionizing, Times Management's council mistakenly sent its game plan to the union. New York Times is engaged in a contentious back and forth with several hundred of the paper's technology and product staffers who announced a unionization drive earlier this year. Though it was likely a bit embarrassing when the law firm representing the paper's management accidentally sent a private strategy memo to representatives for the newly unionized staff. Last Thursday, Michael Libowich, this this is a about a week old story, so this probably wasn't last Thursday, but the Thursday before last. I think this is a week old story. Updated on August twelfth. So, two Thursdays ago, Michael Libowich, a partner at the firm Proskauer Rose, I'm. I'm I was probably close. Sent an email to several of his colleagues at the firm and New York Times Senior VP and Deputy General Counsel Andrew Gutterman represents the paper in discussions with its various staff unions. Get your mind out of the Gutterman, dude! Email titled Tech Organizing Unit Scope Decision Options laid out options for how the paper could respond to recent efforts by tech and product staffers to form a union. What Lebowitch or Lieberwitch almost certainly did not realize is that he had also CC'd Rachel Sanders, an organizer for the New York chapter of the News Guild, which represents staffers at news organizations including The New Yorker, Reuters, The Daily Beast, and now The Times Tech Workers. In April, a group of software engineers, designers, and data analysts 
announced to Times Management that they had majority support to form a union among what the group said was 650 tech staffers eligible to be included. Like I said, not only is it a good time for workers to exercise their leverage and try to find other jobs, it's a very good time to unionize. And I am very encouraged by the number of people I'm seeing pop up trying to unionize. Paper rejected the union's request to be voluntarily recognized, opting instead to hold a vote among prospective members conducted by the uh, National Labor Relations Board. Since then, the two sides have been locked in tense negotiations over who should be allowed in the union and entitled to vote on its ratification or rejection. The errantly emailed uh, slideshow laid out the options for the Times as management strategized how to limit the scope of the union. In one slide titled Operating Principles, the lawyers discuss management's potential goals, including ensuring supervisors are not involved in the union, seeking the smallest bargaining unit that is justifiable, or seeking the bargaining unit where we are most likely to win an election. Term laid out three potential paths for the paper, allowing a large, medium, or small size union. Each came with their own considerations. The Times outside lawyers reasoned the paper would have its highest chance of winning an election outright against the union if the paper agreed to potentially allow more staff into the unit. But the law firm also suggested that a larger unit would prevent the paper from attracting and retaining talent. A smaller unit, the legal team argued, would likely win the NLRB election but would be much more limited in scope, resulting in a union nearly half the size. By the way, you should always support unions even if your workplace is not unionized because just having a company that is unionized in your area raises the wages of everybody else around that company. Now, these are facts that the corporate media are never going to report to you. That's why even even me who keeps up with this shit just barely saw him passing that the Nabisco strike was going on. Feel shame that I didn't know about the miners in Alabama that have been striking for months now. It ha- it's happening right down the road from me. But corporate media is going to do their best not to, you know, let you know about these stories. Now, hopefully, this worker in, I believe it was Florida, is going to get some kind of compensation after an alligator attacked him. Happened, uh, this is coming to us from Fox 13 out of Tampa Bay. I believe it happened in Florida. At a kid's birthday party. First of all, why are you having birthday parties for your kids in the middle of a pandemic? Just stay the fuck home and bake a cake, please. But instead, we're going to take them to a pet store? I don't even know what the fuck this was. Oh, this happened in Utah. This was West Valley City, Utah. 
You can see the alligator right here. He looks cute. Look at him. He's just chilling. I'm not sure what the worker was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might want to hit the content warning, guys. I don't think anybody gets an arm ripped off or anything, but shit. I, I bet she didn't think she was going to be wrestling an alligator. Now, this is just a, this dude right here is just a bystander. He's not, he doesn't work there. Holy fuck. I, it looks like it's, it's mouth. Like I, do they defang them or does it have all its teeth? Her, her hand is, is absolutely in its mouth right now. Defang them. As if it has fangs. Boy, the kids got more of a show than they bargained for for the birthday, didn't they? What, did he Did he throw his phone? Or sunglasses or some shit? Remember, this dude, this dude was just there for the show. She's laying like she's on a Michael Jackson album cover or something now. I mean, like, she doesn't seem to be too worried. But also, like, I, she's a trainer, so I'm, I'm sure she knows the alligator, like, probably feeds off their fear or whatever. I don't know if it works like that, like dogs. But I guess she's being calm in an attempt to free her hand. I mean, she had it in a head scissor. Now we have a dude who was just visiting this place, and he's on top of this alligator. Don't get your hand stuck in there, dude. Don't they have, like, some kind of uh, a tool they can reach in there that, like, goes around their mouths? Baby! She's dead. He got the fuck out. Damn it. It's really wanting me to watch that video. Some kind of a fucking high school band or something. Alligator attacks handler at child's birthday party in Utah. A guest at a Utah reptile center jumped into a large alligator enclosure to rescue a female handler pulled into a water tank by an alligator. Instructor signs a command signaling for the alligator to retreat back into the water as a group of children attending the party look on from behind a glass barrier. But instead of retreating, the alligator suddenly grabs the handler's hand and pulls her into the tank. So Shane Richens, the company's owner, said in an interview on Monday that the handler was opening the enclosure to feed the alligator as usual. But this time the reptile got a little extra spunky. 
said the center normally has a strict policy for a second handler to be nearby, I would assume, when employees are working with alligators, but that hasn't been enforced in recent years if the worker isn't planning to enter the enclosure. In a Facebook comment, Wiseman said to the staff at Scales and Tells, uh, to the staff at Scales and Tells, thank you for having such skilled and brave people working in the environment that saved us both. That was the dude that jumped in the tank. Scales and Tells said the handler was provided medical assistance by uh, medical assistance by guest Amy Christopher, who had experience in nursing and started first aid prior to the arrival of emergency services. Richens said the handler underwent surgery and is taking antibiotics. Oh, shit. Company held the visitors who rushed to the handler's aid. Yeah, I, I don't like animals being kept in small enclosures like that. That alligator has a right to be pissed. Now, Tones brought up wildlife rehabilitator. That's, that's a good use of those resources. But this seems to be some sort of pills and scales. What the fuck? It's an educational and entertainment company. Uh, They attempt to guide a large alligator back into a water tank after it made its way onto the... Okay. I was trying to see, like, what, like what their actual mission is. I don't know, sir. I don't like it. I don't like you putting whales in fucking small-ass pools. I don't like you putting any kind of animal in any little-ass cage. Inhumane. Now, speaking of animals in pools, we have some cute animals jumping in a pool to cool off. This bear and her two cubs claim this pool as their own. This looks like it's out in Arizona, California, somewhere like that. We've watched several videos of deer, bears taking a dip in the hot summertime. The bears! Yeah, I'm sure those kids will not forget that birthday party. This happened in California. It's like a, it looks like some black bears just hopped in the pool. Maybe brown bears. They're cute as fuck. Look at them play. I've been enjoying these videos of animals jumping in the pool. This one has certainly cheered me up after starting off uh, with such horrendous news to start the show. Now we've got a bear in a kiddie pool! I've actually, I've been talking to Sparkles about possibly doing a, because the hot tub streams get a lot of views of getting a kiddie pool and take it out here on my patio and us doing the freak show from the patio one night. 
We'll see if that happens. South Lake Tahoe, California. I mean, it's it's not a gigantic bear, but it is a really tiny pool. It seems to be enjoying itself. And it sure did uh, stay there for a while. That's all this fucking show was, was bad news. We did like an hour and a half of fucking all the crises that were facing the country. We had to talk about workers' rights for about 20 minutes. Now we're watching animal videos. But you know if I'm showing you a cute animal video, I'm getting ready to dump you somewhere else tonight. You're going to be hitting up the intellectual Dollar Tree on Echoplex Media. Like producer Dave's getting ready to get the party started. I'm sending you guys over there. If you're watching on Twitch, go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live. <laughs>